0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God's Word will never
1: contradict God's will. Conversely, God's will will never contradict God's Word. You can be rest assured that it's not the will of the Lord for your life if it goes against the Word of God. So, the Word of God confirms the peace of God.
0: You're listening to in spirit and truth. The radio ministry of Pastor JD Farag of Calvary Chapel Kanohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Have you ever felt an absolute peace about moving forward on something in your life only to find that it didn't necessarily line up with God's word? As Pastor JD will teach you in his message today, the peace of God will never contradict the standard of his word and must go hand-in-hand together in order for it to truly be God's will. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Satan, we know, is the author of confusion. Now, verse 17, by contrast, James writes, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, Gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, verse 18, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So you're facing a decision here this morning. It's a major decision decision, and you want to know what God's will is, run it through the grid of what James says here. First of all, are your motives pure? Is there that peace that God is giving you? Is is it something that would cause you to be submissive, willing to yield, gentle, full of mercy, good fruits, no hypocrisy, no partiality, or is that decision that you're about to make riddled with self-seeking, selfish motives? Is there envy, covetousness? Run it through this template and don't move until you have that peace. And that peace sometimes comes by way of the Holy Spirit in that still small voice, bearing witness with your spirit that this is the way, walk ye in it. It is good between me and the Holy Spirit. There's just a a peace about it. This brings us to the second one, and by the way, all three of these, they work in concert one with the other. Nothing can be stand alone, as we'll see here in a moment. In verse 16, we have our second way to know God's will, and it's by way of the Word of God. After Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, he then says, let the word of God rule in your heart. And what he's saying is the peace of God must be confirmed by the word of God. Here's the thing. God's word will never contradict God's will. Conversely, God's will will never contradict God's Word. You can be rest assured that it's not the will of the Lord for your life if it goes against the Word of God. So the Word of God confirms the peace of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It it sheds light on the situation, on that decision, when you're at that crossroad of decision. The Word of God speaks to that. It's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and surgically sold. And by that I mean, there's a specific word in God's word that is for you. Where God will speak into your life, in and through His word concerning His will. This brings us to the third one. Once we have the peace of God, it's confirmed by the word of God, the will of God, can be known by the providence of God. The providence of God is when God opens and closes doors, He orchestrates the circumstances, choreographs the steps as He leads us in the path that He would have us to go. We get into the trouble when we place too much emphasis on the circumstances. And sometimes we miss the will of God and we misinterpret and misunderstand the will of God based on the circumstances in our lives. And what I mean by that is, is that sometimes when things aren't going well, we interpret that as well, I must not be in God's will. You can be right smack in the middle of the trial of your life and also be right smack in the middle of God's will for your life. I think of the disciples in the midst of the Sea of Galilee in that storm. Jesus sent them into the boat, into the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, they make it to the other side. They didn't think they were going to make it to the other side. When the storm hit, suddenly, out of nowhere, you might be in a storm in your life right now. Don't let that determine the will of God for your life. In fact, I would even venture to say that you might be in that storm because God is actually not only directing you, but redirecting you. So here you are, you're in this trial, this difficulty, this hardship, And what is our first response to something like that? God must be mad at me. God must be punishing me. I must be out of God's will. No, not necessarily. In fact, this might be the very thing that God has allowed in order to get you to where He wants to get you. The year was 2002. And that's exactly what God did in my life. I'm on the mainland. I have a church that I planted. I'm the pastor of the church, and everything was going just great, and then all of a sudden God just began to make things not so great. (laughs) You know, sometimes we get too comfortable in point A, and God sees that. You've perhaps I'm sure heard that of course God will comfort the afflicted, but sometimes God will afflict the comfortable. We get too comfortable, too complacent, too content. And so God has to send a storm because there's no way he would ever get us to consider point B if we're too comfortable in point A. So he's going to disrupt point A to even get us to consider point B. Well, that's exactly what happened. All of a sudden I began to see that God was wanting to do something different. And I was so rooted there in that place on the mainland. And it was really something that I would have never otherwise considered had God not allowed what He allowed to happen. And so when I began to sense that maybe God was moving me to Oahu, (laughs) here am I Lord, send me. (laughs) Someone has to do it, right? When the Lord calls you, you want Him to call you to a place like this, but I sensed that God was going to close that chapter, close that door, and open up another door, and in 2003 we would come here to start what is this church now some 16 years later. As they say, the rest is history. But had it not been for the circumstances that God arranged, I would have never even considered a move like this. This is where prayer comes in. Such that we seek the Lord to reveal to us what His will is for us. This is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know you all know this well. We sing this, we memorize this. But I want to point something out in this that maybe you haven't seen before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct your paths. Let's, uh, let's kind of look at this a little bit closer. Three things. If we want the Lord to direct our paths, there are three prerequisites, if you please. The first of which is to trust the Lord with all your heart, not half hearted. This has to be a complete trust by faith in the Lord. I'm trusting you, Lord. I have to. (laughs) This is a huge step of faith. The second one, lean not on your own understanding. I think that's interesting, and here's why. Isn't it true That when we do understand, we don't lean on Him, because we have understanding. When is it that we lean on the Lord, trust in the Lord? It's when we don't understand. Guess what? There are going to come into our lives those circumstances that make absolutely no sense. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. Good. That's the point. I've got you right where I need you. Because when you do understand, you don't look to me. You don't lean on me. You don't trust in me. You've got this thing figured out. So I'm going to allow these perplexing set of circumstances, and it's going to make no sense to you at all. I know that when we moved from Spokane, Washington to Kailua. We left one of the most inexpensive places on the planet to live, to one of the most expensive places on the planet to move. And we hadn't even sold our house yet. In fact, it took one year after we moved here For our house to sell. I don't even want to tell you what it sold for. You'll cry. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because I'm going to cry. (laughs) Sold it for $165,000. You can't buy a toilet in Hawaii for $165,000. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If that was a little bit. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) this, this makes no sense. Oh looks like you're gonna have to trust me yes I'm gonna have to trust you and then thirdly in all your ways acknowledge him in other words in all of the ways that you go in everything that you do acknowledge him seek him that's prayer. When is it that we pray? Isn't it when we don't understand? Isn't it when we have to trust? I mean here we are in this fork in the road, and as Yogi Berra famously said, when you get to that fork in the road, take it. (laughs) Thank you so much, that helps so much. Which way should I go, Lord? To the right, to the left? Should I move forward? Should I wait? You know, sometimes, please know that when we pray, God will always answer your prayer. But God will not always answer your prayer the way you want God to answer your prayer, and at the time that you want God to answer your prayer. He's either going to answer with yes, I love it when he says yes, Oh, thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) And then sometimes the answer comes, no.
0: (laughs) No, why not?
1: I'm protecting you. And by the way, we pray and God says, no. I can almost imagine the Lord saying, you don't want to pray for that. You don't want that. You do not want me to do that. I've heard it said this way, God will always answer our prayers the same exact way we would if we knew what He knew. And He knows the end from the beginning. And how many times in your life, in my life, have we thanked God, not just for answered prayer, but for unanswered prayer? I mean, oh Lord, thank you so much. I I keep a prayer journal, by the way, very, uh, Uh, I I really want to encourage you, if you don't already, to have a written out prayer list or prayer journal. I've been doing it for over 30 years, and I go back to that prayer journal and that prayer list, and I look at some of the things I prayed for, you know, like 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, certainly, and (laughs) It's almost like some of them, I I I want to delete them, and then I, I realize, wait, the Lord's saying, you remember praying that? Yeah, I remember praying that. Aren't you glad I didn't answer that prayer the way you wanted me to? Yes, Lord, thank you so much. It would have been terrible had you answered that prayer the way I wanted you to answer that prayer. So you're either going to get a yes, or a no, or thirdly, And I hate this one. You're going to get a wait. I hate to wait. And so do you too. So don't look at me all spiritual like you don't. I hate to, that's, I mean, I'd almost rather have a no than a wait. Because you know what wait means? Wait. (laughs) It means I have to trust and wait on Him, acknowledge Him, trust in Him, lean on Him, and wait for Him to direct me in the way that He would have me to go. It's called the waiting of faith. Sometimes, and I love it when God makes it really clear, so clear that a fool could not err thereof, (laughs) because I need God to make it that clear. I mean, God, I, I really need to know, and sometimes He does. I, I call it Red Sea clear. You know, when the Israelites are there at the you know, Red Sea, they got the Egyptians behind them, certain death. They've got the Red Sea in front of them, certain death. And then Moses puts out the rod, and God opens up and parts the Red Sea, and they walk on dry ga- ground. Listen, I'm standing there. I'm one of the Israelites there. i got the Egyptians there, the Red Sea, and God just parted it. That's pretty clear that God would have me to go uh, through this uh, (laughs) parted Red Sea on dry ground. I mean, pretty clear, right? I I love it when God is Red Sea clear. And sometimes He will deem it fit to be that clear. But there are other times when it is not. And we (laughs) we have to just trust Him. And by faith, just step out. That's very pleasing to God, because that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet unseen. So we don't walk by sight. I mean, I would love it if, you know, God just, I mean, big highlight, yellow arrow, go this way. Okay, thank you, Lord. Go this way. Okay, thank you, Lord. Doesn't always work that way. Sometimes God will not show us what He wants us to do until we turn that corner. You know, I love another translation of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 because it basically renders it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will make your path straight. He will straighten it out. And so, but, <laughs> there are those three prerequisite. We have to trust in Him with all of our heart. That requires faith. We cannot lean on our own understanding of the circumstances that we're in. And in all of our ways, we have to acknowledge Him at every turn. Lord, I'm calling on You. I'm trusting in You. I'm looking to You. And when you do that, the Lord says, this is the way. Walk ye in it. One last thought and we'll close. One said it this way. When the timing is wrong, God says, slow. When you're wrong, God says, grow. When the request is wrong, God says, no. But when the timing is right and you're right, and the request is right, God says go. Hebrews chapter 13 verses 20 and 21. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. In other words, you're going to be given whatever you need to do His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: The Apostle Paul's letter to the Colossian Church emphasized that Jesus is God, going against the claims of the false teachers at that time. As followers of Jesus, you're asked to adopt this view as well. Jesus is the only qualified substitution for the punishment of your sins. Because of the authority he holds as God... He took your sins to the cross and then defeated death forever by rising again. If you'd like to know how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd love to tell you more. Visit inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on the ABCs of salvation. This is a great way to learn why you need Jesus, how he saves you, and how you can call on his name and be transformed forever. When you go through this process, please let us know. We'd love to be praying for you as you begin this relationship with Jesus. Just click on Contact under the About tab and send us a quick note. Links to both are available at our website. If you're in the area, you're invited to come join us in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe for our weekly worship services. We get together every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m for an in-depth time of Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritintruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. What a blessing it is to have a family of faith to support you as you grow in Christ. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth. Love